All right, welcome to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. I'm your host, Anthony Wilson. And as you can see, I have two dynamic women of God uh, with me today. And we're going to be talking about the, the importance of intercessory prayer. And so I have two wonderful guests. Uh, and these are uh, ladies that do great ministry in our region. I've gotten to work with both of them on different and separate occasions. Um, and I just want to introduce them to you. Um, who would like to go first? Because I don't know who to go with first. Uh, pick one. <laughs> you go first. Marla, I pray. <laughs> okay. I don't mind going first. <laughs> you want me to just introduce myself? Yeah, just introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm Carla Coburn. I um, am a native. I wasn't really born here, but a native of Colorado. This is like home for me. So yeah. love this place. Um, me and my husband pastor a church called Fresh Wind International. It is truly an apostolic prophetic movement, one that truly activates, first identifies and then activates people in their gifts and sends them out to go and do the work of the ministry. We give lots of opportunities to do ministry. Um, we only have so much time in the earth, and we believe that people should maximize their impact while they're here. And so we give them that a moment. Um, I have uh, children, grandchildren, married 30-some years, and um, just love the Lord and love um, doing the work of the ministry. Amen. Amen. All right. Next up. <laughs> well, I'm Teresa Burns. Um, I am a minister and a member at Colorado Christian Fellowship. I, um, te I teach also um, at Colorado Christian Fellowship. Uh, right now, I teach spiritual warfare and I teach fasting and spiritual languages. Um, I have partnered with Carla um, on an intercessory team. So we actually have an intercessor group that meets every Sunday where we just encourage each other and we try to learn more about intercessory prayer just to um, kind of, uh, what do you want to call it? Um, I would say sharpen. We sharpen yes, each other. Sharpen each other. Yes. And, you know, come together and pray. Um, I do have a prayer call every Wednesday. I'm on Carla's call every morning. <laughs> and so we are just wanting to um, spread the word about intercessory prayer and how, how important it is. And so I'm, I'm also over the prayer ministry at the church. I'm in Colorado. I come from Indiana, but I've been in Colorado longer than I lived in Indiana. <laughs> I have a husband and we've been together 28 years mm. and we have six kids and four grandkids. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I mean, this, this is amazing. I'm glad that we could finally make this work. I mean, we've been, we've been working on this, you know, for a little while now. And yes. so, you know, we thank God that he's given us the time and the space to do this um, mm -hmm. man. Prayer is something that's near and, and dear uh, to my heart, um, as I was telling you ladies, you know, before we came on, you know, that our church, you know, has a 6 a.m. prayer call that has been going on for two years, every morning, 
getting up and praying and really just instilling the power of prayer. And as probably as you guys have experienced, prayer works. Prayer changes oh, yeah. things. We have had some prayers answered on that prayer call mm -hmm. that just drop your jaw. You're like, wow, we prayed about that and it happened. We prayed for that person. They got healed. Mm -hmm. I mean, so we're not talking about something from a hypothetical, you know, or, you know, something that we think works. Mm -hmm. All of us on here have experienced the power of prayer. And so, especially when we go intentionally and on purpose to pray for others, mm -hmm. to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ, our family, pray for souls, pray for God to, to just move through our city and through our churches. And so this is exciting uh, to really come on here and talk about this subject of intercessory prayer. And I've got two people that, you know, I know personally that you guys, this is a passion of yours. Um, you know, I've gotten to work with Teresa Burns on uh, multiple occasions, got to hear her teach on, you know, prayer and be a part of, you know, prayer uh, uh, movements where she'll send me the uh, the calendar and like, this is what we're praying about, you know, <laughs> get on there. And so I, this is such needed in the body of Christ, people that are dedicated to praying. The Bible says pray without ceasing, right? Yeah. So this is supposed to be a part of what we do. So intercessory prayer is something that we hear in the church world. People talk about it all the time. Um, <laughs> there's books about it. There's conferences over it. What exactly is intercessory prayer for those that may say, well, yeah, I've heard that term and I know it means praying for people, but is, is it more than that? So who wants to go? What is intercessory prayer? <laughs> well, one, there, I think there's two parts to intercessory prayer. One is intercessory prayer when you are just interceding for people. Uh, when people ask you to pray, and you pray for them, uh, you praying for your family and stuff, that's intercession too. Um, even Jesus said that he interceded for us. Yeah. Um, the Holy Spirit interceded for us. Yeah. Um, then there's the other part where people are called to intercession. And that's a little bit different. Well, that's a lot different. <laughs> that's more of the spiritual warfare where it's, it really gauges on your relationship with God and the calling that he has placed on you and whether you accepted it or not. Um, that is where you truly are getting your assignment from God, who to intercede for. And most of the time, it's not people that you even know. Mm. Um, I have been assigned, my personal assignment is to cover leaders. And when I first started out, I thought it was just leaders within the church, and it's not. Um, it's grown, put it like that. It's, it still is, but it has grown. Not only do I pray for the five-fold uh, ministers, um, I also pray for government, people in leadership, the, uh, leadership over households, the heads of households. Um, I also pray for countries, um, mm. leaders over countries. I even pray for leaders over corporations because one, corporations are where our finances come from. That comes from God. 
that all, you don't have to believe it, but it all comes from God. You know, even my job, I say my job, um, I work unto God and my employer gets the benefit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I have been called to play, um, pray over leaders, but there are different intercessors that are called to pray over children. Um, my other intercessor partner, um, she prays over children consistently. Mm. So people in, in that have been called to intercessory um, have different things to cover. Yeah, I would agree with you on all of that. Um, and there are different types of intercession. Truly intercession, when we look at a definition of it, it means to stand in the middle or to mediate or to advocate, which any of us, we can do. And, and I love what you said. <clears throat> when we get those prayer requests from people, we're standing in for them and praying for them. And that is a form of intercession. Mine is, takes on a different form and there are different types of intercessors that are called. And I'm more of a crisis intercessor. I'm more of that one that when crisis comes, mm -hmm. I engage. Or when I feel something before, when the spirit of God shows me something before it happens i'm interceding on behalf of it it's usually not for just people groups but for territories mm -hmm. and it really is the where you were leading to alluding to with the um spiritual warfare i would call myself a shamar prophet one that guards one that's kind of the watchman on the wall that that is watching for enemy um terror enemy coming at us and mm -hmm. so that is kind of um more so where i see myself um when i do pray amen <laughs> amen amen so we're we're we're, we're hitting the ground running yeah. and so <laughs> and so it, it, intercession you know for a lot of people what they just heard is like whoa okay that's that's more than you know i thought it was that's you know, it's not just, okay, praying for people. It's not just taking a prayer request. Mm -hmm. It is, there's actually, you know, specific strategic functions that mm -hmm. God is working things in the earth, right? Mm -hmm. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so mm -hmm. God is actually pushing and mandating and guiding and directing, you know, prayer uh, at various, uh, industries and like you said regions and 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 different types of enterprises that God is concerned about these things and he calls for intercessors to begin to plead the cause or the case you know mm -hmm. before him and so in in that what are some of the things that you know for you over you know this time of doing this many years of doing this where God called you into action in something that you were like, whoa, why is God calling me into that? That it actually caught you off guard. You're like, whoa, okay, you want me to pray? And you had to, and God called you into it. You had to go into fasting and praying. You were like, what, what, what is this about? What are some of those things that you guys experienced that you were just called into it out of nowhere? It wasn't your normal, you know, prayer area. <laughs> yeah, I can remember for me, uh, again, I didn't realize that I was this crisis kind of, you know, it's kind of like boots on the ground, something's happening, get to praying. And I can remember um, driving my car and something just came over me, something, the spirit of God came right, over right. me. 
And, um, and I had to pull over and just be, and I just began to pray in the spirit. I didn't even know why I just began to do that. And, um, and I couldn't stop until it, until it subsided. And then not long after that, I can remember having a dream and in that dream, um, and Teresa's heard this story, but in the dream, I'm going into a room, there's three doors that meet up in this one room where these kids were at. And I come through one door and someone else comes through another door. And there's um, another door over here with a man that had his head on the table. And so we pray for these children. I remember very clearly praying for them. And I woke up out of my sleep praying in the spirit. And as I asked the Lord, I said, what exactly, who was I praying for first? Because I didn't know the kids. And he told me that it was a moment for those children. They needed someone to intercede. And I said, well, who was the man with his head on the table? And he said, well, I called all of you to pray. And he decided to sleep through his assignment. Wow. And so that's when I knew that these were so important. And when he calls you, you have to be ready to go. So that's that's that that's more than just give me a list and let me pray for right, it. Right, right. Man. All right, Teresa, what and, you got? And, and for me, my mine didn't happen all of a sudden like that. Because I think I would have ran. <laughs> but mine's happened gradually, but and it happened to be almost 19 years ago mm. when I went up for prayer and um, the lady looked at me and she says, you need to read this book by Rebecca Brown. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and it's become, becoming an honor of God, uh, armor of God. And so I had foot surgery. So I read that whole book about the spiritual warfare. And then I just started reading more and more about prayer. And I wanted to know more about prayer. So it was to me like, God took me to the beach and I just put a toe in and then I kept, and then next thing you know, I am submerged. Yeah. And then that's when he began to wake me up at three o'clock in the morning. Mm. And for, and let me tell you, I was waking up at three o'clock in the morning and I didn't know why, had no clue. I thought my body is changing. I took melatonin. <laughs> I took Tylenol PM. Right, right. I did. I did everything I could to sleep, but no matter, I could take a Tylenol PM at 12 o'clock at night at three o'clock. I was up. Yeah. And so finally I laid in the bed. I said, Lord, what is going on? And he Mm -hmm. said, come and talk to me. (laughs) And from then on. So I think I've been getting up for the last mm, seven years at three o'clock in the morning, um, waking up at three o'clock in the morning. And then I began to study why I was up. Why was that time so important to God? And that's military time from three to six. And that is when you declare the day, you pick off any enemy that can interrupt the day. And so that is where um, right before we went into the pandemic, that's when God started downloading stuff about leaders. Probably, well, it was probably about, 2017, 18, where he started downloading and giving me prophetic words about the danger that leaders were in. And so that's where it came from for me. And I just 
keep it up to this day. I still wake up at three. I'm out of bed. And some people can lay in bed and pray. Not me. I get up, take my shower, and I'm in because I'm I'm just up. <laughs> Amen. And 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 I know that to be true. I, yeah. I've gotten a few early morning calls. Yeah. I've gotten a few early morning texts. Like, yeah. okay, I had this dream. Here it is. Blah blah blah. Like, whoa. Okay. Thank you, Teresa. Amen. Let me share this with my wife and let's keep it going. So I had I, I I remember you know kind of when that shift you know happened. And I was like, wow, okay, amen. Well, anytime you got a word for me, (laughs) do not be shy. You know, and the intercession, I remember I was working um, UPS at night and um, I had, I was actually working two jobs. Um, And at night while I'm working at UPS, the spirit of intercession would hit me while I'm working. And I would start praying for, people on my job praying for it. it, I I even prayed for professional athletes and it's like, God, why are you having me praying Mm -hmm. for Terrell Owens? I don't know that man. I don't know what I need you to pray for him. What? This is weird. I asked people, I was like, has that ever happened to you? People were like, "Mm -mm, I ain't never heard nothing like that. I finally ran into some prayer where he's like, Oh yeah, God will have me pray for the president over in Zimbabwe. And you're like, what? (laughs) I was like, okay, so this intercession thing, is real. God will just download something in you and you will begin to pray. And when that thing hits, there is a flow and you'll begin to not only pray, but uh, what, what I heard Teresa saying is that God will give you words. Yeah. You know, he'll give you prophetic declarations to share with people based mm-hmm. upon the assignment that he gives you in, in prayer. So, you know, is that accurate to say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Amen. And so um, a a lot of people will relegate intercession to only prophets. Is that true? Or is it wider than that, broader than that? Speak to me. I I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) I mean, mean, honestly, I, I do believe that every prophet should be an intercessor. If you're not an intercessor and call yourself a prophet, probably not a prophet because right. you wouldn't be able to declare anything unless you were in intercession first. Right, right, okay. <laughs> um, but I do think that other people can stand in the gap. I think as long as you have a relationship with God and you have a line to him, you ought to be able to intercede for anybody. Okay, okay. Yeah, I see Teresa's like, yep. Yeah, well, God <laughs> speaks to everybody. Mm-hmm. Ask him. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, ask him what, you know, my, my thing with my prayer in the morning I don't come in here and just start declaring stuff. Right. I ask God, okay, Lord, what, you know, when I went to church and I was, I was like, oh my God, what, all this stuff is going on. I went to pastor. I said, pastor, what is going on? I said, I am feeling like I'm going crazy because I'm just getting such downloads. Mm -hmm. He says, well, what are you doing? I said, you know, I'm just praying. I asked God, I want to know what you know. I want to hear what you hear. I want to feel what you feel. I want to see what you see. He said, that's your problem. That's your problem. (laughs) That's your problem right there. Mm -hmm. But if you ask and you have a sincere heart, he will share that with you. Yeah, yeah. He does. And I, and you know, one of my favorite times of praying is when we did altar call and people came up and did not say what their prayer request was because- of yeah. whatever was going on. And I was able to pray and hit the nail right on the head. 
Mm-hmm. I love that because they got the confirmation they need, but that also encouraged me that, oh, because I, I don't know about anybody else, but I really get excited when I hear from God. I don't care what he say, yeah. but I get excited when I hear from God, because when you think about all the things that you've been through, all the sins you committed and all the, you're not worthy of anything. Mm. And then he speaks to you. Yeah. 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 That just make that encourages me to keep going. So I love those kind of prayers where people don't tell me, but also that's important as intercessors or people who pray over prayer requests. I have a whole box of prayer requests that mm-hmm. I get and typically that's when I press into God and say, well, Father, they asked for this. What is it really that they need? Yes, yes. Because he because knows what people are vague. People are embarrassed. Right. People don't know how to explain. People don't even know what they need. And mm. so to pray and ask God, okay, what do they really need? Yeah. Is where you get amazing information to declare things for someone else's life, whether you know them or not. Well, I think that's just it is that intercession is really powered by the spirit of God and Mm -hmm. no one knows better than the spirit of God. Right. And so while we can write down, if you're, if you're just praying what's prescriptively written down, that's not intercession. (laughs) That's prayer but it's not intercession. Intercession is by the spirit. And so, and so the spirit will tell you exactly what to pray, how to pray. That's why you don't have to know anything about them when they come up, he'll tell you, this is what they need. And this is why I always say to people, um, when you ask someone how they're doing, you should take a moment and look at them because they may tell you one thing, but the Lord may be trying to show you something different right inside. And so we really should be led by the spirit. I wanted to, I wanted to just go back just for one second, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you had a really nice little way to come into intercession. But for me, it was more like, um, I'm sitting in church, minding my own business. I didn't ask none of them questions that you asked. (laughs) I'm just minding my own business. And all of a sudden the spirit of God would just open up the atmosphere and I would see things that I didn't want to see. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember being afraid to go to bed at night because I would see so many things and I had to go to a pastor and he said to me, um, the Lord is trusting you to see things that he doesn't show everyone. Right. And that is um, that he trusts you enough to pray. And an intercessor is not one that gets in pulpits and gets to get all the glory, but they're the ones that are crying out at night for the things that they they see that the Lord is pulling back for the revealing to them. And I used to be like, I don't want to see nothing else. Please don't show me anything else. But I really did understand. He said to me, it's an honor and a privilege for God to trust you that much to show you these things. Don't ever despise something that God's given you. And so I've become to love, love it. It's not always easy to see the stuff, Mm -hmm. especially when you're in crisis and you see all the things that are coming down the pike, but to pray and to speak on behalf of him, it truly is an honor. And one should not be looking for themselves to do anything. Everything has to be done by the spirit of God. Yeah, prayer, intercessory prayer is initiated and authored by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the intercessor um, that we can't, and like you said, and I love that you said this, when we did our study on intercessory prayer about a year and a half ago, one of the things that I came across that I had not heard anywhere before was that 
it's not intercessory prayer if it's not initiated by the Holy Spirit. And I was like, whoa, this is deep. It blew my mind. I was like, because I'm, I'm a studier. So <laughs> Teresa tell you, I peel back and get into the Greek and the Hebrew. And I'm looking at the words. I'm like, this literally says that the definition of intercessory prayer is that it is authored by the Holy Spirit. This is the definition of this. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. Everybody's like, okay. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, this is, this it. is revolutionary. <laughs> this is a breakthrough moment right here to right. know because for years, like you guys, I've operated on prayer teams and prayer lines and prayer calls. And the most effective prayer was when a person came up to me and told me nothing. Mm -hmm when they said nothing, nothing and I got to sit and wait on the Holy spirit. Yes. And when the Holy spirit started to speak, mm -hmm. I opened my mouth mm -hmm. yes. and then begin to pray. And man, Oh, yes. you know, I, I've experienced that in the church. I've experienced that on the street corner, you know, I've that you just point me in the direction. And I know the Holy spirit knows exactly what to pray because our heavenly father knows what we need even before we ask. So he, he, he already knows, he knows the words before they get to our, our tongue, <laughs> you know, he, he already knows. And so uh, to trust him with what needs to be prayed just seems like it would be elementary, but so many people, you know, are, are, are trying to, you know, pray prescriptively or based on what, and, and, and Teresa, you said something, I know it, it sounded funny to me at first. <laughs> <laughs> that people they don't even know what they what they need. but it's true right it's actually true that they're asking you and, and you're like okay holy spirit i heard what they said what are you saying mm -hmm. <laughs> what, what mm -hmm. is behind that mm -hmm. and you'll get to praying and they're like whoa i i i, I didn't mention that mm -hmm. uh you, you, why, why are you going there mm -hmm. is because that's what you actually needed that's right. where, where god is wanting to work i know you want to talk about this surficial stuff but holy spirit knows your entire history he knows your beginning your middle and your end and so he he's going to pray according to god's will that's what the bible says that he prays according uh, to god's will so in our in this conversation it kind of builds me to you know what i thought was a very appropriate question is that the importance of teaching i think originally i was going to say the importance of intercessory prayer but i want to say what is the importance of teaching the church about intercessory prayer so i'm going to just kind of reframe that that yeah. way mm -hmm. oh i think the church oh go ahead go ahead no you go ahead i was just gonna make a statement go ahead not to pray amiss mm. <laughs> okay <laughs> amen <laughs> I mean, truly, um, Apostle, everything that the church does, that the body of Christ does, should be done by the Spirit of God. Yes. Right. Yes, right? Because we're vessels. There's yes, nothing. There's no power within us at all. We are powered by the Spirit of God. And so I think that um, churches need to have right teaching so that they can understand we're vessels. Right. We don't have nothing in us. We're vessels. And that's why he says, when I'm looking for someone, I'm looking for someone who'd be willing to allow me mm. to partner with them to touch the lives of the people that you're praying for or whatever. And so then they don't think it's you. They know, like they need to tell you what was the problem. And now they know God is talking to them and they ain't right. talking, you know, it's not you. That's the experience that everyone should have. And so if we can get the church realign to understand church you don't have to be powerful on your own church you need to get mm. a good understanding <laughs> of the spirit of god of the holy spirit then we can actually make a change in this world we can make some impact 
Amen. <laughs> that and get churches to pray again. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just to get them to pray. I'm not talking about we open up your service and then we close your service. Mm. I'm talking about truly praying. Right. right. Dolving into prayer. Um, I've been to church services where prayer was totally skipped. Mm. So we need to get people back into prayer. And another thing that people have a big issue with and they don't pray is because they don't sound like so-and-so. So they have the power to make anything happen. So that stop comparing yourself. And the second biggest thing is being the vessel they don't understand their authority as the vessel that has received the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. So they don't know their authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when they are praying, how we can speak to things, speak to the mountain and it shall move. Right. Especially if God is the author of the prayer, then he knows exactly, right? Right what to say you know the bible says that if we ask anything according to his will then we know that we have this petition with him we we know that that prayer is heard and we know that god is in action because it's according to his will something that was said earlier kind of made me think of and again like i'm I'm a technical person and so i was doing a study on prayer and i was looking up the word for prayer um and this word for prayer literally meant that prayer was an exchange between us and God, that we come to God with our thoughts, but we wait on God to impart his thoughts, his desires, his wants. So we may come saying, well, God, sister Susie, you know, you know, needs a new house and we'll come out. Uh, sister Susie needs healing <laughs> it's just exactly. and, and we're praying so, like wait a minute i asked you to pray for my house right right uh, we are praying for your house mm-hmm. we're yeah. praying for your spiritual your physical your spiritual temple because that is the house that really needs prayer you said your house but god said no this temple this house and so prayer is an exchange where we should be going in with an ear to hear i think yeah. it's ecclesiastes that says draw near to hear and not to give the sacrifices of fools. You know, so what I'm hearing from you guys is that Holy Spirit is the true intercessor, you know, that we are not sufficient of ourselves. Prayer should always be a priority because how can we move without the leading of the Holy Spirit, which that means you had to be in prayer, right? (laughs) You had to be engaging him. Uh, and so these things make intercession uh, needs to be a, a main dish, not a side dish, not something that, all right, well, once a year, we're going to do the National Day of Prayer. Nothing against the National no, Day no. of Prayer. No, but no. if that's the only time your church gets together and prays, is that is that cool? I mean, is that? Right. <laughs> you know, so What you, you know, do is you leave all these other doors open. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you know it, you know i have in front of me romans 8 20, 8 27 he who searches hearts know what the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes mm-hmm. for the saints according to the will of god, god to the will. 
<laughs> there it is. No one so knows. How, so how do you know the will of God if you don't know God? Right. And if you don't sit and talk to him and and find out what he wants. You know, I think the thing that uh, really set me free in this area is that um, too many of us go with a lot of talk or we have music or we have a lot of yeah. stuff going on for our prayer. And there was this book that I read. It was called Two Chairs. I didn't even really get to finish the whole book because it really gave me the concept of you come down here and you sit me, you sit in one seat and then you let me come and sit in another one and you be quiet mm -hmm. and let me speak. And so I've learned the practice of just sitting and hearing what God says, because all the things that are on my heart may not even be stuff that he's worried about right now. He has other things. And so I want to hear him to know what it is um, we need to be praying about. Yes. That's really flowing by the spirit about nothing wrong with coming with a list of prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that. But I don't know about you guys and, and, and Apostle, I don't want to hijack this, but no, I do want to ask this question is... Oh. Did did she freeze? Yeah, she, she froze, but we but I I want to hear this question <laughs> because I know <laughs> that the Lord had something for us. And so while while she's well, while she's together, uh, freezing, yeah. mm -hmm. this is what I'll say she turned. Okay. 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 Well she's we back. you froze. You're gonna so have to ask that nothing. again. You're gonna have to ask that again. <laughs> did it come? Oh, I'm so sorry. My it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> It's all I right. was asking. I was asking if you guys have ever been to a prayer meeting where um, you've gone in, and when you got done with it, it was like really didn't do much for me. And I was looking for a little deeper intercession. And so I think that sometimes people go into the prayer meeting just to check it off the box. Yes, where there's others of us that are really looking to push change through the prayer time like we're here we've set aside the time lord use us to make an impact in the earth and i'm looking for more of that so usually our seven o'clock prayer call is really prayer just gets set for the day but then we have some other intercessory calls that are all the way in and we don't have no time frame on them because you know people like to watch clocks right but when right. you're in intercession <laughs> you go to the spirit say stop and so that's how we like to do y'all ever been to something like that had that happen Yes. And, and, and I'm going to say this because I feel like we probably all are like in this area when I'm, you know, praying alone with God, I actually don't do a whole lot of talking. Mm -mm. A lot of times I have a notebook or something open mm -hmm. so that when God, right. You know, so that when God mm -hmm. has something to say, mm -hmm. I'm writing it down or I'm, I'm taking it in, you know, because I don't have much to say. You know, when I get on, like you said, a prayer call, I'll I'll pray, but alone with God, sometimes I'm I'm not saying anything. I can go an entire hour and come out of it like that was good. God downloaded so much in me. You're like, but you didn't say nothing because I, I, I do a whole I do too much talking. <laughs> I needed to hear, you know, I needed to hear yep. what God is saying. And so when you go into an atmosphere, and people are, you know putting on their show right you know uh, uh matthew 6 does he say that you know they think that they're heard for all of their speaking and and all their vain repetition and you can tell mm -hmm. them like okay y'all ain't spent no time with the lord you're basically going off of a script you know you want you want to be around people who actually take that royal priesthood label seriously 
because the Bible says that we're a chosen generation, a holy his royal priesthood. I don't I don't know that, that we're supposed to be bringing sacrifices to him, right? Mm-hmm. And receiving the download for what he wants to proclaim, right? Mm-hmm. He wants proclaimed in your since he said to proclaim his praises, right? Mm-hmm. So what needs to be said when you come out of prayer and in in you done said all you say, I, I done talked out, then did you hear from God? Did, did, you know, and so at the end of the day, how do you, how do we teach people <laughs> to spend that time? Because t- some people are afraid of that silence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I'll ride in the car and m- my daughter thinks it's the weirdest thing in the world. I have nothing on. Yeah. Definitely. I have nothing on. And she'd be like, why don't you turn anything on? It's like, because God is, he's, he's talking to me. He's, you know, and so I don't need anything on. I don't need, you know, this is really good. And you're like, this sounds, seems so boring, dad. <laughs> what are you? Well, Anthony, let me tell you. So <laughs> when my kids were all home, if we were to go somewhere, we had to take do vehicles because we had five kids. And they would be like, we, my, my husband would say, who's riding with mom? Who's riding with me? They would all ride with him. <laughs> because they was like, mom, don't turn on no music. Nothing. No. <laughs> I would, before I was home, I would ride to work with no music. Because I used to say, I don't want to miss anything God has to say to me. Yeah. But when he started getting me up at three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> And I mean, I would get up and come in here and for months, well, actually my office was downstairs from, I say about three months, he didn't say anything, Mm. but I kept getting up and coming back, getting up and coming back. And I was just like, finally, I said, well, Lord, you're not talking. He (laughs) said, I wanted to see if you would be obedient. Mm. If you would stay on that wall. (laughs) And I kept getting up and he started talking Mm. And so now I don't have a problem with sitting in silence. And I'm like you, I grab my coffee, I grab my pen yes. and <laughs> yes. and I'm, I'm like, okay, Lord, what you going to say today? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I write, I write, I'll, and that's where some I don't know if y'all can see these papers, but these little papers, I have these little papers all over the place with little things that God said to me. I'm like, oh, I need to write that down. You know, that's and then I have my notebooks because yeah. I don't, I never know. Right. I'm going to receive something and I'm like, I, I can't miss that. What is, you know, and I'll write it down and you know, God will tie it back to some other things. And then when I go into prayer, people are like, how did, how did you know about, like, God told me that yeah. at 430 this morning before mm-hmm. I ever got on this prayer line. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love that. I love those quiet times and I love it. I love that you keep something with you to write. I try to train everyone. You keep a little journal in your purse or something that you can yeah. write on or write on your notepad on your phone or whatever, but you never know when the Lord speaks. You've got to be able to capture those moments. Yeah. I'll never forget when I, I was asked to be a, a teacher at a, at a prayer conference. And so I wanted to teach that concept of sitting and just letting the Lord speak. Mm. And the room was full. And then when I got up there to get to teach them, I said, we're going to activate in this thing. You know how many people got up and walked out? Because they don't like sitting. Mm-mm. We Mm-mm. have no patience to sit Mm-mm. and wait on God. Mm-mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's 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 a it's a it's something that one has to exercise because we are so busy doing all kinds of stuff. And I'm gonna tell you, at the beginning of the pandemic, people didn't have nothing else to do but to sit. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. They should have exercised that muscle by now. I would hope. You know, you know when I first started teaching, you know, um, the how to hear from God class at our church, that's what I did. I would have people come in with, and I said, everybody's got to have something to write with and a journal. And we would go into scripture and I would have them read, meditate on the scripture in silence. And I said, write down what, what, what you hear the Lord saying. What is, what is he saying? As you have read through this passage, what is God saying? And people that had never heard God speak, they were hearing God speak. They were like, wait a minute, I got something. I was like, well, what you got? <laughs> what you what you got? Write it down. Let's, you know, because uh, one of my guys, you know, he ended up being a pastor. I think, Teresa, you remember him, Chalmer. Yes. Uh, Chalmer Williams. I, Chalmer, I basically raised Chalmer from a baby in Christ, <laughs> you know? And I remember the first time Chalmer heard from the Lord, he couldn't believe it. You know, and me, me and Chalmer, our relationship started way before I was pastoring or anything, you know? And so he would still say, and, and man, I, God spoke to me, <laughs> you know, I knew it was serious when he said, and he, he, he didn't say pastor, he didn't say apostle, he said, and <laughs> uh-huh. God spoke to me. I'm like, okay, well, what'd he say, man? And those moments are so precious because there are people that are adamant that God doesn't speak to people. That God, he doesn't need to say anything. We have the Bible. God doesn't need to speak to anybody, but the confirmation that comes from God speaking to our hearts, you know, and guiding us and directing us is there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And so that brings me to this and and, and we're way off script, but that's okay. Uh, You know, the role of the word in Mm. intercession, the role of the word in intercession you know, because some people can get weird, you know, uh, Teresa used the term a couple of times, declare, right? Some people can get weird about that, right? But the word is to be declared and proclaimed. And yeah. that is what we're supposed to be saying, that this is what the word, this is the word of God. This is what he says. And there's nothing wrong with declaring that, that the word of God, this is what God is saying. And so what is the role of studying the word as an intercessor how important is that let me phrase it that way maybe um it's very important (laughs) Teresa did you want to say go ahead yeah no I think it's key uh so we like to say that the word is the weapon that we use (laughs) but many of us don't have the weapon in us enough to use it and so it's important for us in order for us to use the weapon we have to be familiar with it Mm. and so getting the word on the inside of us is key and then i'm going to tell you that the atmosphere responds to god's word he spoke it and it happened and so the way to get the atmosphere to respond is to speak his word into the atmosphere it is a level it's a it's um it's a way to defend 
And it's also offensive. The word is both, right? And so you can declare promises that the Lord has given to you. And then you can declare um, words that he's spoken to the enemy to keep him in, in check. And that's that's how I think that when we speak it out into the atmosphere, the atmosphere is listening. And you can say your words and your words mean nothing. But when you start saying God's words, things start to align things start to come into place so that's why we need to have it on the inside of us and i'm gonna tell you something when we get into warfare and if we ever get to talk about warfare if you don't have the word on the inside of you you can't really fight effectively right without it so it's imperative that we get the word on the inside mm-hmm. 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 what you got Teresa? you see yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, i think you know it just brings me back to the scripture that god gave me inside you know um psalms 19 uh 130 because it says um the unfolding of the word gives light wow mm-hmm. it gives understanding um to the simple mm. and just that scripture right there i wrote a whole pair a whole page of affirmations of what the word does it mm. gives light it gives understanding it gives you possibilities in dark places. Mm. I mean, it it just provides so much for you um, when you're praying. And so reading your word and understanding, not only that, when things happen, uh, you know. Go ahead. (laughs) One of the things that I tell my kids is when someone said something about you and it, upsets you because you know it's not true i said you can confirm it in his word if it ain't in his word you know it's not true Mm. so therefore if the enemy is telling you something that is not in the word you don't have to receive it and walk in it yeah so that's it's kind of important to know his word and know what is true and know what you can speak Mm. into the atmosphere to yes. cancel people don't believe that you can cancel the enemy's assignment, but I, you know, I plead the blood of Jesus. That's why we put the blood on the doorpost, but it because it canceled the assignment from the God, from the enemy going in from the spirit of death entering into someone's premises. Yeah, I think that the word of God also you you alluded to this that it is the truth, right? And so if you so in order for you to know the truth. You have to get familiar with the truth. God, the word is the truth. God is the truth. Mm. It's an absolute truth. And everything else must align with it. It is the standard. It is the standard. And so in order for us to bring, like we want to bring uh, heavenly things into the earth where you don't even know what heavenly things are if you don't understand the truth of the word. So yeah, it's imperative. Yeah, um, you know, I think it's John 17. John 17, 17, Lord, your word is truth, you know, and it's like, that's what we need to know. We need to know that God's word is true. You know, David said, your word, O Lord, have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And, and we think about that only in the sense of not doing bad things, but also in uh, being out of alignment with him, having his word in us will keep us in alignment with him. You know, we won't get out of pocket, right? Because the the, the word is the lamp to our feet, right? And the light to our pathway. So if we want to really see where God is wanting us to go, we have to know 
the oh. word. And, and, and I'm, I'm always challenging, you know, especially people around me that are prophetic. I'm always on them about, you know, being in the word. I guess it's the apostolic in me that says, you know what, are you in the word? You know, I understand you had that vision. I understand you had that dream. I understand you had, but what does the word say? Are you interpreting? Are you testing? Are you uh, vetting what you are seeing or what you are sensing by the word of God? Because if you don't know the word, then how do you know that God is speaking? How can you confirm that this is truth if God's word is the only measure for truth? You know, and so I, I think, you know, and I'm asking this question because having you guys on here, and I know, you know, uh, well, I know Teresa a lot more. I know she's a studier. She just loves to study. You know, I'm not as familiar with your study habits, mm -hmm. Sister Carla, but I know that Teresa will study. You know, I, I've had conversations with her. She's like, well, let, hold on. What's this scripture? Let's talk about that. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, let's go. Let's study. You know, how, so that makes it imperative. Why is it that people who love prayer don't always love to study? Uh, wait a minute. The, the, see, I think that there are some people that just like to talk and, okay. like, <laughs> and, and like to do all that. And so I think that that's what I think a lot is. That's why I think a lot of the prophetic gift is, is just let people just talking and just saying uh. stuff. People are in awe. They should never, we should never be in awe that God speaks because he does speak. Yeah. What we should be in awe is that he spoke to us and then we should hear what he said so we can know what to do with it. Yeah. Not that he spoke to us. And so um, I think that I, I think that people just like to hear themselves and they like to sound preachy or, or you know, gospel-y or whatever, Christian-y or whatever. But, you know, that's, I don't know. I don't know why they I don't know why they do that. But I do think <laughs> I do believe that with God, he says, if you this is my favorite scripture, Apostle. He says, call to me and I will answer you. Yes. <laughs> so to me, with people that are prophetic or intercessors or even believers, if you're not familiar with his voice, you will follow anything. 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 And so, and I can guarantee you that God is not going to, let me just give you something real silly. He's not going to tell you about someone else's spouse. You understand what I'm saying? That's not his voice. So you, that's the wrong voice. So you need to, y'all need to have an exercise first. Like, I think it was Jeremiah. What do you see? Uh, what do you hear? Right, right. Y'all need to have some exercise so you can get familiar with the voice of God. Yeah. And, and, and the word of God. If you get in the truth, if you get in the word, then you'll know his voice. Yeah, yeah. And what's the scripture where it says, we will not follow the voice of a stranger? Yeah. Yes. That's John 10, John yeah. 10, yeah. The voice of another you'll never follow. You'll only perk up to that one. Mm. Well, and I think, not to be negative, but there's lazy Christians. <laughs> not to be negative, okay. That's I mean, real, that's true. They are. They're, you know, they come to church, they want you to tell everything instead of um, even studying. Right. You know, and you, I, I had this thing that I would like, that was a good message, but let me go find out if that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. that that sounded a little off to me, <laughs> you know. So, so you know, I think that you know, I love Apostle uh, Phil, I love Apostle Anthony, but if I love Pastor, yeah. Carl, but if I yeah, had to go back to work, 
right i'm like oh well then that was good that was right <laughs> you know and i think that's really good we don't teach uh apostle we don't teach people enough to be um to be guards over their own hearts yeah to make right. sure that what we saying is real so we're like make sure now because we read it in the scripture but make sure we got it right and, and you know why and, and, and i've had this conversation with a lot of people and there's a lot of church hurt behind it mm-hmm. that their leaders aren't approachable that mm-hmm. it, you know that pastor is the law mm-hmm. if i said it it must be right because i'm the mm-hmm. pastor but you are not infallible buddy no. <laughs> you 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 can make a mistake you, you can, can say a fault you you can mess up and misquote you can say romans instead of hebrews and people say hey that wasn't in romans well if i said it hold on listen i'm trying to help you <laughs> trying to help you 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 misquoted it it's actually oh if they're listening oh yes you're right i meant hebrews i said romans because we're, we're not infallible you know i like what you know Teresa said you know one of my favorite groups of people in the bible in Acts 17 the bereans you know the apostle paul comes to town and I always, you know, <laughs> I always have fun with the passage because I, I always tell people, like, look, the Apostle Paul was the big time preacher. He's been preaching all over the place. He's booked and sold out everywhere. Yeah. But when he got to the Bereans, they said, that's good, Paul, but we're going to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, wait a minute, this is Paul. But you know how many places Paul didn't preach then? Yeah, Before right. he got here, they was yeah. like, yeah, that's good, but we're going to preach. And it said that they studied the word for a few days to make sure that what he was saying was so i said oh my goodness no nobody's word is safe everybody needs to be vetted you know yeah especially when people um paraphrase scriptures uh, and you paraphrase it then you take it right way out of context context. (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know i call it anthony eyes it (laughs) like i'm not (laughs) <laughs> and I'm okay with I'm okay with the paraphrase as long as you keep the context right. right and right. so for me, and you say you don't you're not familiar with my study, but I can tell you I can sit in the surface right now and if somebody says something out of line, I'd be like, mm, that ain't in the script. That ain't in <laughs> right. And I'm gonna tell you what happens, and y'all pray for me on this because what happens is I turn my ear off and I'm like, I don't want to hear no more because they don't hey. even know what you're talking about. Hey, that's not that that's not wrong with that. My my wife is quick to do that. She'll look at me and I know, all right. She's done with this person. <laughs> She's done. She's like, uh-uh. That ain't what what the she'll start looking around like, are these people even listening? Are they are they deaf? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't hear this man say this and it's not true. You know, so I yeah. <laughs> but I think that's just it. What you were saying is that I think a lot of people, maybe it was you, Teresa, that said they, they're just, they don't know. So they just count on whatever's being said to them. Yeah. And these are the ones that will be led astray. You better know that word and you better know it for yourself. And if I hear something, I go into prayer because the deception. Yeah. And those who yeah. don't know, those who come to church, they don't bring a Bible on their phone. They don't bring a Bible so they just take whatever is being spoken to them. When I hear something that don't sound quite right, I start praying for the spirit of deception mm. because people will get deceived and they'll go home and they'll not, they'll apply something that is not pliable. Yeah. You know, one of the worst things, and I said this uh, a couple of days ago, one of the worst things that can happen is when something wrong actually works. Oh, yeah. 
when you learn something that, and it's not right, Mm -hmm. but it works for you. Mm -hmm. That is a dangerous thing because now you're going to rely on that wrong thing as if it's the truth, you know, and, and, and if you don't, like you said, Teresa, if you don't intercede and pray for those people, they will go and apply something that is wrong. And let's say it works that one time, they'll be in bondage to that thing because it worked because Mm -hmm. that's how people do, Uh, you know, people call it religious, but I call it superstitious. When you, when you start, you know, just applying these processes, you're like, I get, I just, you know, I got to wash my hands two times before I go do this and all this weird stuff. Cause last time I did that, you know, God did this, you know, that may not even been what happened. God is sovereign. He don't need your means, (laughs) you know, he'll tell you what he wants you to do. And he'll tell you something different. Mm -hmm. You'll go in and last time you did this, God says, don't do that. Mm-hmm. I need you to know it's me. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I need you to know it's me. So I'm, I'm, I don't want you to touch nobody. Yeah. I just want you to say this. Yeah. And all of a sudden stuff, are you like, whoa, God, oh, yeah. like that? Yeah, I work like that. <laughs> you know, I, I work it. like that. So we don't want to get bound to things that are wrong that may work, you know, and I, I don't know in your experiences, you know, have you run into people who brought you something and like, yeah, this is, you know, and you're, and like you said, you looking like "Mm, that, that ain't, that ain't scriptural. Yeah. But when I did this, it worked. You know, when I said this, it worked. Well, that kind of is in line with (laughs) some calls that I've gotten. Praise God. I got a check in the mail. Well, he provided before you got the check. Right. So praising God for, and it's okay to praise him for those things, but he was there before that happened. Right. Your lights were still on before you Food got was in the fridge before. <laughs> for, yeah. You know, your neighbor stopped by and helped you out before you even need, know you needed a need, you know? So I think people kind of get caught up in that as well. Mm. I I would say that yes I've run across people that have uh, I like your word superstitious thinking Um, but you know there are people that just repeatedly do things over and over and and it and it doesn't make any sense to me or they hear the same bible verses or stories over and over one way and it's like Okay, I know you guys know this story. I know you could probably preach this whole story, but would you allow God to bring you a fresh revelation on this? Yes. Because sometimes we need to be reset on a thing because we have heard somebody's interpretation of it, but we haven't heard from the spirit of God. Let the spirit of God begin uh, to speak. And even in the scriptures, when Jesus healed blind men, he did it different ways. He didn't do it the same way every time. <laughs> and so why don't we just live prophetically? You read that scripture that said, your word is a light, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let his word, let him guide us the way that he's going to do it instead of being like we mentioned earlier, so prescriptive. Stop it. God is God and he can move however he wants to move in this moment. Let him do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll hang. Doing partial scriptures really get people in trouble. Like God knows my heart. Right. Uh, that, well, you know, even though if you read the whole thing, it's wonderful. But when you just say that, 
Right, because the actual scripture. Read the whole scripture. Yeah, you got to read the whole. You got to read. You got to read the whole thing because the God knows my heart is us taking the perspective. You know that we're going to be okay in our mess. You know, but literally, it actually says that God knows the heart and mind, and He judges. Right. Oh, judges. And he judges, and then. Hmm. And he will then give according to what he finds in the heart. And I think it's uh, uh, Jeremiah 17, Jeremiah 17, 10. And it, it just talks about God searching the heart, knowing the heart of man and the mind. And he's going to judge. He's going to actually look in there. He's going to tell you, hey, it's deceitful and wicked. Mm-hmm. Look, I'll show you what's in your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, when people say those partial scriptures, it does. It kind of, you know, it kind of puts me off because. I got to ask, where are you going? Where, where, mm-hmm. where are you going? Why are you sound biting God? You, you giving sound bites. I like <laughs> you sound bites. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't took a clip. Let me, let me take a clip of God saying this, mm-hmm. but that ain't, well, let me see the rest of the clip. You, you, you <laughs> this just ain't no us, MSNBC. We right didn't that. Right. Right. You just gave us a little clip. <laughs> and that limits people in praying effectively. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because now we're praying things based off of half truth or quarter truth or partial truth. <laughs> I mean, we're not actually no truth, no truth <laughs> because we, we need the word of God mm-hmm. in order to really pray effectively. Yeah. And, and we need to be transformed yeah. ourselves. And so I think, and we can go on and on, but I'm going to try to, you know, we might have to do a part two, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to get into the spiritual warfare part, but I would like to get into, um, and right now we're just off script, so it doesn't matter, but, (laughs) you know, I would like to get into the role of personal sanctification, Mm. you pursuing God so that he can cleanse and make you holy and set apart for himself, because there's a lot of people that got a word for everybody else. Oh, yeah. They got a word of correction for everybody else. They got to, but does God deal with them? You know, um, I, you know, I've sat, you know, on ordination panels and sat across from pastors or or would be prophets or what have you. And I asked them, what is your personal time like with the Lord? Does he deal with you? And I'm not talking about the time you're getting ready to, to, to preach here or teach this study or prepare for this small group. I'm talking about you and God, and God dealing with you, him working on your heart, him talking to you about the issues that you may be struggling with behind the scenes, that personal sanctification, how important is that as a person who's called into intercession? Well, I think it's really important, and I almost lost my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) One is you have to have a desire to want to be healed and whole. Mm. One. Um, and if you know you have issues, you have to fight through those issues. Get the, the you know, I've been with my mentor for 20 years now, and I still call her when I have issues. But being open for criticism, correction, being open for that and not being on the defensive. Mm. it's been several it's been several years ago but it's probably been about uh 
17 years ago, me and my husband were having a, a heated conversation. Heated fellowship. Yeah. <laughs> heated fellowship. That's what we was having, heated fellowship. <laughs> and I remember him telling me, you will not be manipulating me. Ooh. And at that time, I was in a position where I was really trying to be better with God. And so I didn't respond. And I, of course, I wanted my relationship with Curtis to be good, but I wanted my relationship with God to be even better. Yeah. And I didn't get defensive. I just listened and I left the conversation. I left our conversation without responding. And I went into my prayer closet and I said, Lord, he said that I was manipulating him. Mm. I said, is this true? And the Lord said, yes. Mm. And I was like, okay, <laughs> can you show me? Mm. And God began to show me how I tried to manipulate him to do things that I wanted. Mm. And I was like, I didn't even realize I was manipulating him. But it caused me to look at me and ask God to, okay, correct me whenever I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Correct me when I'm going left. And I have been in places where God, he, he wasn't nice either. He said, shut up. <laughs> and I, I just got quiet. You know, I knew not to proceed with whatever that conversation was. But I think it's very important because you need to make sure your heart, which is something I teach in spiritual warfare, to make sure we are clean and make sure we have repentant hearts, make sure we have forgiven. We can't pray effectively with a whole bunch of junk in us. So I think it's very important. We can't use authority. You know, that's abuse mm. when we are trying to help other people and praying over them but our house is all tore up yeah so i think it's very important to get all of our stuff out the way yeah and i don't know, I, you know i don't ever want to uh seem like all of our stuff is <clears throat> always taken care of right but I know what you said about the repentant heart we i mean we can't preach repentance to people and not practice it ourselves and right. so i think it's very important for us to examine always examine our own hearts i mean <clears throat> when god is speaking he may use you to speak to someone else but more times than not he's trying to speak to you about you and so eat first <laughs> So that you can understand what you're about to maybe, until you've gone through something, you really are not the expert in anything. Mm -hmm. So you probably need to get your own heart examined. And this is where um, it's humbling, uh, even for those of us that teach and activate and motivate people in the kingdom assignments. But uh, look, we ain't arrived. Y'all need to get, we need to get before the Lord too and make sure that our hearts are pure before him. And so <clears throat> it's very key, Apostle, that we examine our own hearts, that we go before the Lord and allow him to tear open our hearts and show us the dark areas that are in there and heal us of those things. Heal us. And, and, and I, when we, when we preach, we like to actually tell everyone about that personal relationship with him. We got to all have our own relationship with him. Don't be relating with us. 
because we got to go too before him and get our hearts cleansed too. So it should be a, a group effort. Um, we're all doing it and no leader should be before anybody. We're, we should be the first ones at the altar. Yeah, because, you know, the, the longer you live, the more that you've gone through, the more challenges, the more hurdles that you come over, you know, these situations can make you bitter or they can make you better. You know, um, you know, Psalms 51, uh, verse 10, create in me a clean heart, a clean heart Ooh, and yes. renew within a me right spirit. a right spirit. That has been my prayer for so many years, you know, and when I sit down with people, when I'm doing discipleships one-on-one, you know, I focus in on that, you know, in verse six, God desires truth in the inward part and in the hidden part, he'll make you to know wisdom. I remember years ago when I under, when I really understood what that meant, that when I am open and honest before God, he will show me how to navigate those things that are in me. Because a lot of times we're tripping over ourselves, right? We're, we're struggling with something that's in us. And how are you really going to effectively minister to, pray for, preach to, prophesy other people? If you're not taking that time to go before God and really work on you and him, you know, mm-hmm. because if I don't have a, a, a me and him, then how can I encourage you in it? Right. <laughs> how, can, how can I encourage you to, yeah, just press, press into the Lord. And, you know, uh, there, there, there's a, there's a verse that really empowers me. The apostle Paul, I think it's a uh, Galatians 4, 19. He says, I labor constantly so that Christ may be formed in you. Mm-hmm. When I read that, I was like, oh God, to, to labor until Christ is formed in us. Mm-hmm. You know, that, 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 he, that he begins to form in us and then overtake us. And so that when people see us, they see Christ. That is a lifelong process. And we should be constantly engaging in that process, especially those of us that are called to any type of covering or intercession or ministry towards other people. I mean, yes, everybody, right? Everybody, of course, but especially, especially us, you know, and the last thing I'll say about this is checking our motives. Oh, yeah. Because some people, yeah, right? Some people have used prayer against people. And here's what I mean by that. Here's what I mean, because there's a couple of ways that this, you know, one way is, I'm going to, I'm going to pray for Sister Carla, you know, to do better and call me back when I call her or, you know, some weird, like they're using the prayer against the person, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and so you praying with somebody and you praying like, like you're, you know, correcting them with your prayer instead of going to God and saying, God, I really want to know what you want me to pray. Instead, I'm using prayer. You know, I've had husbands and wives say, well, I don't, I don't pray with my spouse because they just use prayer against me. Mm-hmm. That's that manipulation thing that I think you were talking about. That's a spiritual, what I think some would call charismatic witchcraft It's it's, it's, it's praying your own will, like you said. It's your own motive and not by the spirit of God. And that's that's the danger in a thing. I'm going to tell you, mm. that's the danger in a thing. And that's the difference in the prophetic gift being utilized properly and improperly. 
<clears throat> and I think that's deception and spiritual blindness. It is deception. It's totally it's deception is. and spiritual blindness. And I think people should know that we don't have to be okay all the time, but we don't stay in that place. Even right. Moses cried out and said, heal me, Lord. Right, <laughs> right. He said, heal me, Lord. And God used him. Yeah. But he didn't say send fire down there and kill all the people down there. <laughs> he didn't do that. <laughs> and some of us will do that. Lord, go yeah. on. And, you know. Yeah. yeah. Right. This right. right. There was a the scripture that you mentioned. I don't know if it's the same one, but I remember doing a message on this where uh, Paul says, um, our affliction is for your benefit. Uh, so a lot of times what we go through, it's for someone else's benefit. God is trying to take us through it so that then we can testify of it and actually share with them um, how he helped us out in that situation. So if we haven't gone through anything, don't give me textbooks answers. Tell me what you've been through and tell me how God came in and saved the day. Tell me that and show me that and then point me to him so he can come and save my day, you know? Right, right. Right. And and just to piggyback on that, our affliction is for your benefit. It, it is also meaning that I'm willing to go through the struggles yes, so that the gospel is preached to you. The word of God comes to you. So I'm willing to die <laughs> in my prayer closet so that you get the word, you know, uninhibited, you know, because if, if I don't, right. If I, if I say, you know what, I'm just going to do what I do. And you know, whatever I get up and say, I just say, but this thing is sacrifice, right? Yes. Behind the scenes, you are sacrificing in order to be able to do the work that God has called you to. Most people think it's all about glitz and glamour. Ooh, like you said, oh, you're, you're an intercessor. You're this, you're that. At the end of the day, the price that you're paying at 3 a.m., at 4 a.m., at right. whatever a.m. <laughs> you're, you're up, you know, and most of us, we have a built-in alarm, right? We don't, we don't, I don't use no alarm clock. <laughs> My eyes open, you know, when God opens them, right? And I get up and I go do what he's asking me to do. And that is the sacrifice that I make so that I have to give, what God wants me to give, you know, and intercessors are no different than pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. As a matter of fact, all of those probably have intercessory, you know, assignments along with them. Mm-hmm. And so um, as, as we get ready to land this thing and, 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 and wrap this up, um, what is something that you want to leave with um, the people um, that you feel like is an important thing to remember when we're talking about um, intercession and uh, its necessity and its, you know, its value to the body of Christ. I'll say that um, it is truly an honor to be utilized by God in any capacity. But to be called into intercession or to pray on behalf of someone that doesn't even know they need um, a savior, doesn't know they need deliverance, doesn't need, to do that is such an honor. And 
lives hang in the balance when we don't accept the assignment. It is a privilege. I think that um, I would say people are waiting for you to get an alignment. People are waiting for you. You don't have to be eloquent of speech. You don't have to even have all that study. You just have to be a willing vessel and allow God. He'll show you how to do it. The spirit of God just wants somebody willing enough to just be there where he can work through them. And so if I could encourage you, if you're the one that's getting up in the middle of the night, if you're one that um, you feel like it's, something's just different. The Lord speaks to you in a different way, or you're having dreams and visions or whatever. I would bet, I would, I would bet that you are being called into the area of intercession and we need you. Amen. 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 Teresa? Teresa. Final <laughs> words. <laughs> well, one thing that I would uh, people ask me all the time about intercessory prayer and about the call and how they feel led to pray but they're not sure mm. um one thing i tell them is if you feel like you're led to pray about whatever the situation or person pray because if you don't pray you possibly leaving something uncovered if that's your assignment so you don't lose if you do pray. Can I, can I just give a suggestion for a book? There's a book called Prayers That Avail As Much. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this book is topical and it has prayers that are written out. And I'm going to tell you, when I have a new beginner in prayer, I'm like, there is no law that says that you can't read a prayer. So find the topic and begin to open your mouth. And as you begin to learn how to pray, then the Lord will start building your language. But don't be afraid to come and open up your mouth and don't leave it to someone else because you have an assignment and you have a voice that needs to be heard in your region. Yeah, I, um, you know, early on, I would write out, you know, my family's prayers. So I would go and get scripture and I would rewrite the scripture into a prayer, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's how I taught my kids scripture. And I, that's how I taught them how to pray. Mm -hmm. And so we would do our prayer at night and I would give the, the kids their scripture and me and my wife, we would all get around the bed and we hold hands and we pray. And they've been praying ever since they were, you know, little kids. And, and even now, you know, psh, I need a prayer. I, I can call my daughter like, Hey, pray, pray for your dad real quick. <laughs> you know, come on, you know, cause I know she can get a prayer through my son, like son, you praying tonight, let's go. And, mm -hmm. and without hesitation, they jump right in because they were, they were tr like trained like that. Like you said, from the beginning, mm -hmm. you know, you, you put the training wheels on mm -hmm. and then you slowly take them off. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, they can, they can do it. They can ride. And so prayer. And I like that you said that because when you're first starting out, you kind of just have to let people talk to God. Yeah. They don't know, <laughs> you know, that, oh, that's not necessarily theologically correct, right? They don't know that, but they will grow yeah. into understanding those things as they grow in their walk with the Lord. So I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because there are some people that are constantly, and somebody said it earlier, I don't know if it's Teresa or you, Sister Carla, that don't compare yourself. Yeah, right, yeah. Don't listen to other people pray and say, I don't want to pray because I don't sound like, uh, you know, Carla Coburn. 
Don't, ain't none of us going to sound like Carla Coburn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know, we, we, you know, we, 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 we have to just pray, you know, with what God has given us. And so um, this was a amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, since Teresa, I think you prayed us in. Mm-hmm. Sister Coburn, would you do the honor of praying us out? Um, just, you know, pray, pray for the people. Yes. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this time that we have spent together just talking about um, the topic of intercessory prayer. Father, we ask that uh, you would be with every listener today, Lord God, that you would quicken the hearts of those that you're calling in to be intercessors, to be prayer warriors, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that you would empower them, that you would teach them over time, Lord God, how to move by your spirit. Father, I ask that you would even renew each one of us with your spirit daily, Lord God, that we would hear your voice and we would move by your words, oh God. Father, I thank you for Apostle Anthony, Lord God, we cover him in your blood, oh God, and I thank you for the work that he's doing on this broadcast, Lord God, in his church, Lord God, and in the community that he's assigned, Lord God. I thank you, Father, for the heart and the work that he does, Lord God. Continue to bless him, Lord God, and I thank you for my sister, my friend, Lord God. I thank you for her heart for prayer, Father. Continue to grow her, grow us all um, more, use us more for this kingdom assignment, Lord God, as we intercede uh, for your people. We love you. We honor you we bless you and we glorify you thank you for opening this door for us tonight we love you and bless you in jesus name amen amen and amen to my listeners thank you for listening remember to love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself god bless you